All right, welcome Covenant Israel and the shows that Brother Rick and I have been doing and will continue to do for quite some time because the idea of us being the covenant people must be totally stressed. The churches do not stress it at all. I don't think they ever use the word covenant in their messages at all. And if they do, they expand the covenant from the chosen Israel, the chosen of Israel to all the world, right? Isn't that how you see it, Brother Rick? Absolutely. They're, they're too busy involved uh, with the uh, mother of Harlot's mindset of uh, universalism. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, Teaching the lies of Satan. That's a satanic lie, satanic agenda, to destroy the white race, by the way. But anyway, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so let's go back to uh, Genesis chapter 16 and uh, revisit that entire story because we need to clear, clarify that the children of Hagar were not under the Abrahamic covenant, uh, although they were a part of the blessing of you know, a multitudinous seed, part of that blessing but they were not covenanted the covenant was re- restricted to isaac and so so let's go into it and so i'll just pick it up uh, genesis 16 1 now sarah abram's wife bare him no children and she had a handmaid an egyptian whose name was hagar now if, if There's all kind of debate within identity whether she was an actual Egyptian by race or by by residence, okay? I would say at this time in the narrative of Scripture, all of the Egyptians, the Mitzrayim of of Ham, were still white people. They were still Adamic people. And so there was no problem uh, with uh, Abraham marrying such a woman. Uh, in fact, all the t- uh, 12 tribes of Jacob, uh, sons of Jacob, had to marry Shemitic woman, women. They were not Israelites. They, they were uh, Arameans. Th- those women were all Arameans. So as long as you maintain your racial, the Adamic, let's put it that way, as long as you maintain your Adamic heritage, the bloodline is not polluted. How do you see it, Brother Rick? Well, there's another uh earlier event that uh, might come into play on this and uh that's with uh how a person would see the hyksos uh what at what time did they enter into the uh, egyptian arena there uh if i'm not mistaken also your two babylons brings up a story about uh how shem was uh, used to go into egypt and basically do a little cleaning house and uh so you're talking about there is a possibility that actually even she is still actually a shemitic Okay. Uh, descendant that was uh, remained there in the Egyptian territories, but you know, yeah, uh, yeah. it, it does. Bottom line of what we end up showing here, it, it ultimately doesn't matter right. because of what because of what the covenant specifics are. So even if uh, she does fit into uh, particular bloodline issues and such, she doesn't fit into the covenant, uh, right. or the uh, the offspring does not fit right. into the covenant promises. Right, and same as said of Azanath, Joseph's wife. Uh, who was the daughter of An, uh, Dr. Wesley Swift has argued, and I don't know where he gets his information from, that the priesthood of An was a Shemitic uh, priesthood that lived in, uh, oh, what the heck's the name of the town now? Uh, uh, I think it actually stands for the sun or sunlight or light. Um, but uh, the, the, the priesthood of An was still, and of course they were Shemites, they were still there in Egypt at the time. So it's quite possible that both Azanoth and Hagar were Shemites. Okay. That's correct. Right. Okay. All right. Verse two. And Sarah said unto Abraham, behold, now the Yahweh hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee go in unto my maid. It, it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Now, wait a minute. Uh, I, Sarah is saying, it may be that I may obtain children by her. Now, is is she? Surrogate, surrogate motherhood? Right, <laughs> surrogate mother. <laughs> you, you can't be serious. <laughs> Sarah, what are you thinking? Right, what are you thinking? Uh, but, well, maybe she's thinking, uh, uh, what's the... Uh, 
All right. What's what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a, it's not another wife. It's a uh, concubines. Maybe Con- all right. No. Yeah. That. Yeah. She is. She is a concubine. Hagar there is. You, a, that's a, right. A, Right, and uh, not necessarily a hoe, <laughs> but a concubine, right? Now, uh, but is is Sarah thinking there might be a female version of levirate marriage, where when the husband dies and his closest kinsman uh, assumes the husbandship, if there is such a word, husbandship of his dead brother, dead kinsman, that the offspring from that replacement husband are counted as the children of the original husband. That's levirate marriage. Is maybe Sarah got that in mind? Does that does that work for for the women? I, I, I'm not sure on that one, but I would assure you it's, it looks like uh, Abraham had no problem with the issue. Yeah, said it, that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Whatever right, you say, babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, uh, maybe you and I will have children some other time. But but by this point, Sarah thinks, in a way, it could happen, right? Verse 3. And Sarai, and, and, but, by the way, Sarai, not Sarah, let's see, Sarai, d- demonitative Sarai, wife of Abraham, they don't give a, a, a meaning for the word. and But Sarah... When her name is changed, that that word does have a meaning. And Abram, uh, Abram is high father. So Abram means high father. Abraham means father of many nations. Okay, so the people, the names of the of our patriarchs and matriarchs typically have great significance. The Judeo churches ignore the meanings of these names totally. Okay. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar. Let's see, what does Hagar mean? Uh, Hagar, uh, simply mother of Ishmael. Uh, don't know. Is, don't, I, I have a comment there. Um, okay. Let me see. What this, I got a comment on the, some from some source. I don't know. Uh, Adam Clark's commentary says, uh, it says that her name, Hagar, uh, signifies a stranger or sojourner, and it is likely she got this name uh, in the family of Abram. Okay. As the word is pure Hebrew, so okay, it's, it's a uh, yeah, it's a Hebrew word, Hebrew name related to stranger or sojourner, okay. apparently. Yeah. So so okay. Well, that would make sense if she was a Hebrew in Egypt, uh, as Azanath was. That would solve the issue. It's not totally solved, but you know, in in any case, it was an issue for Abraham, who was very who was very specific about. Finding a Shemitic as a Adamite wife for Isaac, right? That's right. And if he was very, if, very adamant, <laughs> very adamant. Maybe that gives a whole new context of the word adamant. <laughs> Adamite. He was Adamite. He was adamant that the woman should be an Adamite. Okay. So if he's that adamant in the case of Rebecca. He would certainly be that adamant in the case of Hagar. He would definitely, definitely not marry a non-Adamic woman. Period. Okay. Yeah. Let me say also. Uh, so, if it signifies stranger or sojourner, we need to make sure we remember that. Uh, so, during uh, there's numerous words that are translated as stranger. For example, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will take that word and say, "Oh, see here, these non-Israelites are coming in here, and they're strangers, and they're allowed to keep the feast days and such." Well, folks, there's one of your problems. This this can be an actual. Uh, at times, it's going to be an actual Israelite who had moved off for perhaps right. for hundreds of years, and yep. now they've come back into that area, and they're considered a quote stranger, but they're still uh, genetically linked, and uh, so this. Could also signify if Hagar is a stranger, or right. a sense, it, it could of be the same the, race. Suggesting is a genetic link, in other words. Right, and uh, the Hebrew word ger, g-e-r, it typically represents a, a stranger of our race. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but here the word Egyptian is Mitzrayit, uh, Mitzrayit, or a, or an inhabitant of Mitzrayim, that is Egypt, okay? So it could be taken either way. She's It could be an actual Hamite, 
who were at this point in time still Adamic people or simply a resident. And she could have been a, a Shemite resident in Egypt. Could be either. Okay, but either way, Abraham saw no problem with it. So neither should we, right? <laughs> okay. All right. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abraham, Abram rather, to be his wife. Okay, now here it says wife. Hold, hold on, hold on. Yep. Uh, Isha. Okay, so it comes from the root for female. Isha is the root for female. Uh, the second form is an irregular plural of woman, used in the same sense as ish for male. Uh, to, uh, but uh, apparently here it can also mean wife. Now, this was her intention, right? Again, as we were talking about this morning, uh, when Eve said that Cain uh, was of Yahweh, well, that was her thinking, Okay, this does not mean that Cain was impreg- that Yahweh impregnated her, impregnated her, and produced Cain. That's what Eve thought. She was being quoted. Okay, this is this is not the fact. Okay, and so gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. It says, but the word wife here can also mean concubine. Okay, uh, verse four. And she went in unto he rather, <laughs> and he went in, in unto Hagar, male and female. He created them, folks, not she male. <laughs> okay, and he went into in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eye. Okay, now let's let's uncover this. So Hagar got big-headed about it. Oh, I have a, I, I'm bearing a child for Abram, and you're not, ha, 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 <laughs> foo on, on you. I'm the big shot now because I have given Abram a son, right? Or the son hasn't been born yet, but uh, she say, oh, I've given him an heir. Okay. All right, so this is, this is Hagar's thinking here. And Sarah said, Sarai rather, said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. Yahweh judge between me and thee. Now she realized, (laughs) boy, did I make a big mistake. Sound like she's trying to pass the buck. Right? <laughs> oh, man, did I make a mistake? Now this woman has conceived, and she thinks she's greater than I am. Of course, Sarah, and we'll find out from the New Testament, Sarah is a free woman, not a, a uh, servant. Free woman, not a servant, okay? that That's the big difference here, okay? Now, uh, let me ask you a question. Suppose Sarah had died and never had Isaac. Where would Ishmael be? Well, technically, since he's the firstborn, yeah, that would put him in a key role, it would seem yeah, to me. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? But that didn't happen. So that's that. what's the term for that? That's a hypothetical, right? It's a hypothetical. It never happened. Okay. All right, let's continue. Verse 6. Okay, well, let me just repeat here. Yahweh judge between me and thee. Okay? So she's asking Yahweh to be the judge. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Why? Because you are her mistress. Still, do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. So there's no way that Sarah would want to have Ishmael rule, be the only heir, right? So No way. Yeah, so Sarah, you better start praying. <laughs> Sarah, yeah, okay. Verse 7, And the angel of Yahweh found her by a fountain, that is Hagar, of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur, and he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence 
camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, flee from the face. I said, I flee from the face of, the, of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of Yahweh said unto her, return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. Don't think that you're more important or bigger than she is. You are still her mistress, Hagar. All right? And the angel of Yahweh said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And of course, this is talking about Ishmael. So, this is, well, it's not even a blessing. I guess it would be considered a part of the blessing of Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And since he is indeed the father of Ishmael and multitudes of people, yeah, multitude here, the same word is used here, multitude, that the, the Ishmaelite nations would be part of that great multitude of Abraham's seed, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but we'll find out, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll, we'll stress this point when we get there, that the Jews are not part of this multitude for many reasons. They're not part of this multitude. If you read the scriptures carefully, you will realize they cannot possibly part, be part of this multitude. Verse 11, And the angel of Yahweh said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because Yahweh hath heard thy affliction, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Now this is a very, very interesting prophecy, because as you and I briefly discussed before today's show, the Ishmaelites continue to live in the Middle East, primarily on the western side of the Arabian Desert, and possibly you know what we call the southern side as well, the western and southern side of the Arabian Desert, and they were white people, because they were descendants of two white parents. However, in in modern times, around 600 A.D., whenever Islam began, began uh, under Muhammad, they began uh, enslaving people. They brought black slaves from Africa and started mixing with them. And that's when the Ishmaelites became Arabs. How do you see that? Uh, sometime after, I'll just say this was sometime after these events uh, with Abraham, uh, there was miscegenation that began somewhere. One reason being it's because the very term Arab or uh, Arabia uh, is translated from a Hebrew word uh, Arab, E-R-E-B, uh, and it does mean uh, mixed race, uh, one yeah. of mixed race. The very origin of the word Arab, therefore, uh, yeah. which is recorded in our Old Testament, so before yes. 600 A.D. But yes. uh, So something was going on. Uh, earlier than that, whether it included these particular descendants or not, that could mm-hmm. be definitely questioned. But I would say this: that uh, Yahweh did promise tremendous blessing on Ishmael's descendants. That's, That's right. key, and That's they right. are still manifesting it. And they were used, by the way, of Yahweh later on in some of the prophecies of Revelation. In my, as far as yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. standard historicism, right. eschatology, interpretation of the Book of Revelation. Let's say it that way. Right. Uh, and uh, when he used them as punishment upon Israel later on, like their invasions into Europe and such, after the Islamic uh, conversion. But yeah, they, they started uh, the slavery, uh, men-stealing, men-stealing. So they went and actually uh, would yes. capture other races and such and use them as slaves. This was this is forbidden in the laws of Yahweh, by the way. Yeah, uh, oh, for sure. So yeah. uh, uh, they, they uh, began miscegenation and... and uh, Right, at least from then on, for sure. Right. So, in what way? Because the promise given to Abraham, that is the unconditional promise in Genesis twelve two, is that your offspring shall be a blessing to the world. Okay, mm. that's not a, an un, that's not a conditional. That's that's verse three, and maybe we should revisit that after we uh, get finished with Genesis chapter sixteen. It's the conditional blessing that the Jews 
insinuate themselves into Genesis 12, but even there it's illegitimate. But that verse 2 is an unconditional blessing. Your offspring through all three wives is what I contend will be a blessing to the world. So when the Ishmaelites first came on the scene, or for, let's bring it into the modern era, let's say post-AD, Anno Domine, and they they were actually a highly sophisticated civilization. They invented mathematics, geometry, uh, algebra, uh, yeah, algebra, algebra. architecture. Yeah. You know, they did tremendous work. In this yeah, while, sense, while we were being uh, uh, in the Middle Ages, while while uh, Western Europe was being uh, pummeled uh, through religious. Yeah. Uh, battles yeah. and, and et cetera, that you, you right. have Internecine. These, uh, yes. Ishmaelites, our descendants, being uh, educated. Right. Yeah. While, while Europe was under the thrall of the Roman Catholic Church and becoming illiterate, right? Correct. The that's Ishmaelites... Right. They, didn't even, they weren't even allowed access to the scriptures. That's right. That's right. So, and this was under the auspices of presumably our our own race, because I, I would think that most of the popes were actually white people. Uh, uh, how should I put it? Reprobate white people. Yet the, Ish, <laughs> the Ishmaelites continued on in a peaceful manner and developed this high-level civilization, right? Yes. And there's even, I understand it, so. Yeah. And there's even evidence that the Enlightenment was as a result of the fact that Western travelers, that is white Adamic Western travelers of the 12 tribes, went down to Egypt, and they had actually written, not Egypt, Arabia, and learned and discussed these things with the Ishmaelites down there. And the Ishmaelites had actually recorded some of our history, which we had lost, right? And so our people actually got our history back from the Ishmaelites. That's Isn't correct. That... So the, a lot of these uh, texts and such were actually preserved by them, in even like uh, in, an, yeah, our, in our the texts. Eastern churches, Eastern assemblies, yes. uh, were, were preserving a lot of the records and a lot of the, the documented yeah. history and such. So we actually owe the Ishmaelites a great deal of thanks for preserving our writings in their language so that we, we could recapture them. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, Yahweh works a lot of different things out. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in strange yeah, ways. Fact, uh, <laughs> te- certain teachings are actually preserved in even, we'll say, seemingly less than uh, less than authentic areas, or a lot less than authentic groups of people are right. sometimes found to be preserving teachings or doctrines. Right. That then here comes a white man coming along, and he makes the link uh, from a scriptural perspective, and says, "Hey, wait a yeah. minute." We've been being taught wrong on this. Yet these guys over here, not even affiliated with Scripture, are still manifesting this particular right. element of truth. Yeah. How did they do that? Well, yeah. Yahweh's providence is at work all over yeah. the place. So. Well, the Hebrew Scriptures were planted in various places around the world. Some of them even in India. India, Ethiopia, uh, Egypt. E- Egypt would be a natural place to find Hebrew Scriptures, etc., etc. You know, so, uh, but these... These people, not actually in the modern world anyway, not actually being Hebrews, they inadvertently preserved our scriptures for us, right? Well, you also find elements of uh, our scripture being preserved here in even the United States, uh, like the Los Los Lomas Stone and uh, some other things. America, B.C., the book by Barry Fell, he brings out several little little details as well that might be interesting to those who are looking for such history. Right, yeah, the Israelites came to America, uh, and, other, and known as Phoenicians in those days, they came to America, and as Israelites and as Egyptians, they came to America, and left carvings from coast to coast, practically, okay, in Paleo-Hebrew, <laughs> right? Okay, so, and, and unless you know this history, folks, which the churches do not teach history in any way, shape, or form, they simply teach dogma, you will never know these things, okay? So, by the way, if they want yeah. to find that book, America B America B C by Barry Fell PDF, mm-hmm. put that in a search engine and it should pop up for you. Yeah, oh, sure will. There might even be an internet free version of it. I, I actually have the physical book. It's a really great book. It's a fascinating yeah. read. Okay, all right. So 
Now, and so therefore, I, I conclude that at least until the Muslim conversion, the Ishmaelites were a blessing to the world. Okay? Yes. Fair, fair enough? Okay. Uh, I, I would have to say that's fair enough. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you're saying that in a begrudging manner. <laughs> I, I am, because uh, what what we've lived it. with for the past couple of thousand, almost oh, couple yeah. of thousand years. No doubt. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I, unfortunately, I do have to commit, uh, commit that there was <laughs> blessings going on. <laughs> yeah, right. My contention is that uh, those blessings were specifically oh. designed to ultimately be used as punishment on Israel because we right. were rebels. Right. Our forefathers were rebels, et cetera, and, and they still are. Right. And you still see them being used as punishment against us in ways, so like yes. the OPEC nations, um, oh, right. you know, control oh, yeah, yeah. oil supplies, and the, et, cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so I've grown up when uh, you know there were uh, lines for getting a, a gallon of gas a day right. type of thing. So, and right. it was orchestrated by uh, mainly the OPEC nations, so against yeah. us at that time. But anyway, yeah, okay. they're still being yeah. used. Understood. So I would think it'd be fair to say that uh, until the Islamic conversion. The Ishmaelites were still a blessing to the world, but after that, they were a curse. Okay, I would put it that way. All right, so let's continue here. So, uh, and then, but he it also says he would be a wild man. Okay, that's verse 12. And to the extent, to the extent they were wild, while they were nomadic Adamites, that's hard to say. But, well, actually... There were there was strife between the Israelites and the so-called Arabs in uh, you know Old Testament times. So they weren't necessarily our friends, but they had their own civilization, and not all of it was bad. Not all of it was bad, and they got caught up in the wars when the Greeks invaded and when the Romans invaded. The Arabs got caught in, involved in all that as well. Okay. Well, and then, also yeah. even during World War One, some of them actually aided and abetted the, uh, yeah. the military forces of Great Britain and such, especially yeah. during the World War One to uh, yeah. bring about uh, the end of the Ottoman Empire. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. They and did, con- and thereby conquer. Uh, yeah. Jerusalem. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia. They fought with Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia yeah. If you look into that actual story on that uh, you will find a lot of uh, interesting details and also he presents some of their uh, wild man characteristics yeah, right, right? there you go Orents. <laughs> they couldn't pronounce the letter l Orents. they call them all right okay so so the angel of the lord tells us he would be a wild man okay and uh, that definitely came into play under muhammad there's absolutely no doubt about that okay so verse 12, 13 and she called the name of Yahweh that spoke unto her, Thou God, thou Elohim, thou El, seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? And uh, let's see, let me see. Let me go back here. Who is who is say, who is talking here? Is this Sarah? Or uh, and she and she called the name uh, you know spake unto her i believe this is isn't is this still a hagar is it hagar speaking and and he said hagar's Sarah's yeah. name yeah this is this uh, is hagar yeah so, verse the, 8 says he yeah. said hagar yeah okay yeah, I so i mean so she has to be an Adamite because yahweh would never speak to a canaanite right the canaanites hate hate yahweh they hate even hate his name they still do Although they pretend to, to worship Yahweh, they don't, okay? And so, yeah, this is Hagar. And she called the name of Yahweh, and it spoke unto her, Thou God seest me, for she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Bir La Haroi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abraham a son. Yeah, this is Hagar speaking to Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And Hagar bare Abraham. I never realized that before. You know. <laughs> well, I would argue that it would suggest that she's actually Shemitic myself. But yeah, and I would say I don't know. I would agree. And Abraham called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And let's see what does Ish. Well, what does Ishmael mean? Okay, God will hear. That's what the name Ishmael means. It means God will hear. L is the, is his the the third syllable. Not Yahweh. It's not Ishmael. It's Ishmael. Okay. Yep. And verse 16. 
And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. Okay. So, so 86 years old. I should live so long. <laughs> okay. Now let's no longer, tie. brother, longer. <laughs> yeah, really. No, no. I, I plan to live to be 100. <laughs> That's great. Right? Okay. So now let's go into the New Testament, folks, because this stuff is carried in this covenant message is carried into the New Testament. And uh, you, you had mentioned, and I've got verses from uh, Galatians. But you also wanted to talk about the uh, book of Romans. So what verses do you have for us from the book of Romans? Well, uh, Romans 9 is probably one of my favorite chapters regarding this covenant issue. Okay. Because I feel like he's uh, just exposing you left and right uh, and literally excluding left and right. He, to yeah. me, Paul is excluding literally billions of people okay. from co- covenant access. Right, uh, and I mean, he starts in basically verse three and goes on. But as far as Abraham and such is concerned, he gets on down here. Uh, we'll start about, uh, uh, let's say, uh, verse seven. Neither, because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all children. But in Isaac, shall thy seed be called? I don't know if you noticed it, but he just excluded oh, everybody yeah. that's not of the lineage of Isaac. There so, you go. There you go. And, and he, in verse verse eight. That is. They which are the children of the flesh, uh-huh. so he's talking about the descendants of Abraham. Right, that are these children are of the not flesh. the children of Yahweh. All right. Oh but no, the no. children of the promise are counted for the seed. He just told you that Isaac is the, is the seed of the promise. That's right. So he just he just called all of the other descendants from Abraham, whether it be Ishmael from Hagar or whether it be Keturah or any of those offspring. He's just called them children of the flesh. Another in other right. words, uh, we'll say, well, <laughs> I won't use the word I, I could use, but I'll just say they're not covenant descendants, even right. though they're from Abraham. They are excluded here. For this is the word of promise, oh. he says in verse 9. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. Yeah, we just look through all this intrigue that happened. Okay. Uh, and not only this, but then he goes on to... Uh, uh, dealing with uh, Isaac and his uh, children that's born into it, and he basically explains how Esau is excluded. So, uh, but yeah, Abraham, all the children born from Abraham except Isaac are excluded from the covenant promises. How do you know? Because look yeah, what he yeah. just said up there in verse verse four. Right. Who are okay. Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption? The adoption yes. he just spoke of a few passages right. earlier in chapter 8. The adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, does not pertain to the other children of Abraham. Yes. Uh, the glory, the covenants. Well, yeah. how many covenants are you talking about? So, uh, if he's the, including the new covenant. That's why Hebrews yeah. tells you over there that this is a, the new covenant is addressed to house of Israel and house of Judah. Uh, so, to say, oh no, right. it also includes, uh, what about the Goyim? <laughs> right? Understand <laughs> right. what's really being said, then you Okay, we're having difficulty. Law. Yeah. The law given to the promises. Okay, uh, we're having a problem. Hot dots, folks. The fathers that are recorded in your Bible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the the, the covenants, uh, it's very clear that in the Old Testament, the cov- there's people who are covenanted and people who are not covenanted. And Paul is verifying that, that difference. Okay. All right. Uh, can you hear me? It looks like we have some uh, connection issues. All right, let me go in the chat room here. You're bringing up some. Okay. Hold on. Let me just check with the people in the chat room to see. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to reconnect. Sorry. Okay. And it's connecting. Ah. Yeah, uh, you know what?
Okay. Okay. It looks there? like, yeah, we got disconnected. Uh, my hotspot failed. So uh, I think I think the connection with the stream uh, restarted. Okay, the stream has restarted. So sorry about that, folks. We right. got disconnected. I think the Jews weren't liking the content of our show, right? <laughs> okay. So Well, you know, he excludes so many in this chapter. I'm not sure if it was the Jews in this case, but whoever yeah, yeah. Yeah, might, might have right. been involved. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I wanted to check. There's a really interesting comment in the chat room from Sussex Man in Britain, because uh, uh, who was it? Seven of None had asked the question, uh, "Where are the Ishmaelites today?" And we uh, we had talked about the fact that the Arabs, up until the Islamic conversion, were definitely Ishmael. Okay, but yeah, and so uh, so we got connection back. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. And the question here is from Seven of None: Are there any real Ishmaelites left? And Sussex Man of England says, "Pure Ishmael is the Slavic people in Russia, Eastern Russia. Ishmael would be a great people. Russia today is a great power today. So uh, now it's possible that the Ishmaelites, because there was a lot of movement of peoples from Mesopotamia." Uh, of course, the Japhethites were already up north, okay? It's certainly possible that some Ishmaelites migrated up north, you know, and uh, became part of Russia. But I'm not aware of such a movement. How about you? Are you aware of such a movement? I, I, I am not. The, the only possibility that I know of is uh, with uh, the the uh, elements of the Ottoman Empire and their, and their expansion. Right. As far as yeah. I know, Russia, uh, actual Russians would be descendants of Rus or, or the Viking line. So right, yeah. that's the way I would look at it. But, yeah, and uh, and as far as the Ishmaelites, guess what? If 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 Russia if Russia is Ishmaelite or part of them are is, is Ishmaelite, that doesn't change the covenant issues we've just talked about. Right. Because Ishmael's Ishmael is excluded. Yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, Brother Eber said, no, they're they're Rushmaelites. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, okay, so let's get back to uh, the book of Romans. Please continue. Well, uh, he uh, just to emphasize uh, he, how he excludes uh, these this lineage, uh, excluding. We're talking excluding over right. the time period. We're talking excluding billions of people, folks, right. uh, of having any access. And but he goes on down just to uh, bring out uh, how far this goes. We have over in chapter uh, nine, verse twenty-four. We he we have even us whom he hath called not of the Yehudites only, but also of the Gentiles, it says. Okay. But notice he quotes he quotes the book yeah. of Hosea. And as he saith also in Osi, or as he says in the King James, the book of Hosea, I right. will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which were not beloved. Now, a lot of people say, see there? All these blacks can be brought into covenant vote. All these Ishmaelites can be brought into covenant vote, even though the whole chapter just excluded them. Right. They'll still, they'll still drive home <laughs> on this point, and they won't even go over there and read it because Hosea is specifically referring to the descendants of the house of Israel who had been put yeah. away into northern captivity. Well, th I mean, yes. that's who the, the people are. They just, And so we can't take this phrase, uh, people which are not a people, and, and suddenly apply it to whosoever we want to. It's it's uh, prophetically right. specific to the descendants of the house of Israel. So Amen. we can't just say, now Ishmaelites can be brought in under the phrase of Gentiles. So this word Gentiles is not referring to everything yeah. that walks on two feet and has the capacity to communicate to you. That's not what it's teaching. It, right. He's being very specific with this word Gentiles, and it's talking about the right. nations that house of Israel was promised to become, a multitude of nations, multitude right. of peoples. And that's the people that were not a people because they'd been put away. And he's right. talking about how they're going to be brought back in the covenant fold relationship, people. It ain't yeah. talking about hot and tots and pygmies and mongols and mongrels and everything else right. being yeah. uh, suddenly sitting in your pews and whispering yeah. in your white daughter's ear. There you go. There you go. That's go Yeah, so, but it's obvious that there's a problem here in the translation because this word Gentile has been falsely replaced, re replacing 
ethnos, which is, well, here, let me just, uh, so ethnos in the Greek is a race. That is a tribe. But then they include specifically a foreign non-Jewish, or by which they mean a non-Israelite. Well, that's not possible. Certainly not in this verse, because uh, Hosea is talking exclusively about Israelites. Correct. It's being being brought back. It's a prophecy, folks. This is a prophecy of how the house of Israel will be brought back in the covenant fold. It's the very foundational message of what the New Testament is really all about. Right. So he's talking about all 12 tribes, namely the dispersed Israelites who were living in the Greco-Roman world, who were brought back under covenant at the cross. Right? That's correct. That's correct. Nobody else, no, that covenant is an exclusive contract between Yahweh, our Father, and us, his people. And no as, one else. As Paul said, right in the very beginning of the chapter, he doesn't, right. change, the, he doesn't right. change his ideas by the end of the chapter, what, uh, 20-something yeah. verses later. He's, he drilled at home as clear as he possibly can. He's, uh, right. Look in verse 3, for I, I could wish that myself were a curse from Messiah for my brethren. Right. This ain't just yeah. anything. My not for the kinsmen, blacks. Not for the blacks or the right. Latinos. My kinsmen, right. according to the flesh. I mean, he's telling you genetics all over the place, folks. And then you say, right. oh, no, it's spiritual, Israel, brother. You're wrong. You know, yeah. No, what's wrong is this word Gentile. It does not belong in the Bible. It's a false insertion. It's neither a Hebrew or a Greek word. It's a Latin word. But the Jews have redefined it for us, for our people, to mean non-Jewish. So, in other words, oh, the Jews are Israel and the Gentiles are not Israelites. So you can see this double, this double whammy of false translation occurring in Romans nine twenty four. No, it's for Judah only, and right. also of the dispersed Israelites. That's how this verse should be read. Okay. And by the way, Peter, Peter says the same thing. Yeah. Over in, uh, basically in first uh first Peter chapter two about verse nine and ten. He re- actually references Hosea himself over there. So this right. is this is not a joke, folks. It's all through your scripture. It is right. exclusive covenant. It is right. it is it is not a uh universal mindset. It's the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth that uh assisted in spreading that universalism lie, the false right. gospel. Right. You have and it's the it's the another gospel that Paul was warning against. And Amen. Yet, how many of our brethren and sisters believe the lie? Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. but this just shows you how easy it is to fool people by changing a word from Judah or Judahite to Jew. And because but the word Jew did not even exist until like the Middle Ages. So uh, that it's obviously a misrepresentation it's just like, oh, here, let me just finish my comment on the word Gentile. So if you look at the word Gentile, which is a Latin word, and you can look it up on Wikipedia and other sources, and the first thing they'll say to you about the word Gentile is that it means a person of the same race, tribe, or family. Multiple sources will tell you this. But then they will go on to say, oh, it also means a non-Jew. Now, wait a minute. If if a Gentile is a person of the same tribe or family, and we're talking about Israelites, then a, a Gentile must be an Israelite. If, you're ta- if the definition is a person of the same race, tribe, or family, right? Absolutely, 100%. There's, yeah. There's, there's no doubt. As long as you can get past the understanding that they're trying to brainwash the world into. It's just another level of deception. And keep in mind, at least from my view, I contend that the – uh, a lot of this writing that we're having to sift through oh, was yeah. actually provided provided to us from the Edomite Jew himself. There you go. That's right. Your, oh, yeah, your this... New Testament Christian commentaries even warn you. Uh, even Paul warned you over in Second uh, Corinthians chapter two verse seventeen. He warned you of those that would come in and corrupt the word of Yahweh. Amen. Just do some research on that phrase there. Corrupt. Yeah. It's it's merchants. It's text merchants coming in, and when it talks about it being how does it relate to corrupting? Yeah. Because they would change yeah. it and tweak it right. and to their own benefit, and then sell the text as if it's as if it's real. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, 
there, there, there's an agenda behind this to corrupt the original message that our right. disciples and our and our apostles and the Messiah Himself was presenting. Amen. So our Bible has been corrupted by Jewish jargon because the word Gentile means a person of the same race, tribe, or family, not of a different race, tribe, or family. But that's how the Jews use the word. We need to stop using Jewish definitions of words and stick with biblical definitions of words, right? Okay? And you're absolutely right, Rick, because it's the Masoretic text, which was supremely doctored by the Pharisees known as Masoretes, and they're the ones who redefined a lot of these words. And we're just scratching the surface here of words that the Jews have doctored and redefined for us. So we're actually... There's whole sections... Uh, yes. Matter of fact, I mentioned Adam Clark a while ago. Adam Clark on Gen- uh, Jeremiah eight eight, uh, it's just it's just funny to me how he said okay. it. He said it's it's foolish for you to think that uh, the the Jews have never altered the Bible or whatever. They've yeah. done it over and over. He says in go. the comment comment there. So yes, yes, okay. So, so this makes it t- very plainly understandable because Hosea is talking about Israel. And he says, well, it's talking about the divorcement of the Israel. I will call, lo ami, I will call you not my people, but I will bring you back. It says clearly, I will bring you back. It's not talking about any other people besides Israel. And so this makes verse 26 of Romans 9 very, I'll quote and let you elaborate. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. What place is that? And who are they? It's an exclusive people. That's the number one thing. And it's exclusive to the particular physical genetic stock of people. So if we're talking genetic covenant and exclusivity, we need to make sure we're talking about the right people. Because, again, it's not talking about the pygmies and the Hottentots and uh, Mamsers and other things. Uh, Mamsers, again, is uh, you know the word that's for mongrel. They're excluded. They're not allowed in the congregation of Yahweh, folks. Yes. I had somebody ask here a while back, is it okay if I'm a white guy and i got a, a Filipino wife? No. <laughs> no, it's not okay. Uh, do you, go look at what uh, – Go look at what those Finihas did to somebody who was playing the same trick you are. Right? <laughs> That's what you should tell them. You know? oh, he sure. rammed them through with a javelin, and he yeah. stopped the – and Yahweh declared them as being righteous and such. So be careful what you uh, think that uh, a person can claim to justify. This is an exclusive covenant message, and if you have no respect to your birthright, you're like an Esau. I don't want you around me. Even if you're white, if you've got a mindset like Esau, get – I don't want to be around. You know, that's the, uh, this, this is what we're trying to drive home here. This is an exclusive message, people. Exclusive. Make sure you understand it that way. Both you men and you women understand this. There's no playing around. It's a deadly sin, a deadly crime to right. uh, mess around with this stuff. That's how they're destroying us in the world today, by forcing us into race mixing. And again, it's a linguistic trick. Uh, all they have to do to change our... Our destiny is to change our history with false definitions of words. That's all they really need is to change these definitions. A slight de- uh, change in definition of these words will cause us to misunderstand what the, what the words are saying, right? And as, as That's right. And as we allowed them to take over the monetary policies of our Western nations, they had all the money they wanted to have as far as purchasing of publishing houses and companies that make the dictionaries and, and, and the, the encyclopedias and all this other stuff. And so for uh, how many generations now have they been feeding us their vomit? And we're just sitting right. here licking it up. Yeah, right. I like dogs. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Okay. So here is what uh, Hosea says. and Because uh, uh, this is so important, I think we really need to go into Hosea as well. well. We'll just continue with Hagar next week and with Keturah because we definitely want to talk about Keturah. And Yahweh says, oh, in the beginning of the word of Yahweh by Hosea, and Yahweh said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms. Whoredom. This is a parable, folks, that Israel, our people, would be, go a whoring with other races. All right? It's, it, it's not saying it's okay. It's saying that this is going to happen. It says this about Ephraim as well. Ephraim being the European uh, 
uh, uh, Britain and America, the English-speaking uh, Israelites, I, I call them Ephraim and Manasseh, okay? And then, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from Yahweh. Now, isn't this about the ten northern tribes and their whoring with Canaanites? Well, you know, you have your uh, your descendants of Israel uh, when they when they had the two house split. Mm-hmm. So this is hundreds of years before uh, they got put away. Right. But uh, they adopted the Canaanite pantheon. They they literally deliberately changed the calendar they were using. Started se- celebrating feast days differently. Why? Well, Jeroboam didn't want them returning to to Rehoboam, and they didn't want them uh, taking a trip down to Jerusalem or what have you. And so they uh, they they wanted to uh, make these alterations and and for thereafter pretty much they were uh on the uh, an erroneous path for hundreds of years for the most part folks. right and then uh you had uh there was another situation i was going to mention right there but yeah. uh, it slipped my yeah. mind but yeah so you're, you're dealing with uh the northern kingdom is right. basically why why would you identify them as whores right. well they've departed from their husband Right, exactly. Now, it doesn't necessarily imply race mixing because uh, abandoning our true faith is also considered whoredom by Yahweh. Okay, so this does not necessarily mean that there is actually a lot of inbreeding or actually even any inbreeding with Canaanites. However, verse 4, And Yahweh said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. That's the, the child she conceived. That this woman, this whorish woman, namely the Israel of the ten northern tribes, that's what this is about, folks. And for a little while I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. Is that not what happened? It is exactly what happened. Right? It only applies to those Israelites, period, and nobody else. Not to Hottentots, not, not to South American indigenous Indians, etc., etc. Only this is only about Israel. And so when Paul talks about this episode in Hosea, it's patently obvious that he's only talking about the ten northern tribes of Israel. That's correct. And, okay? and by the way, again, Peter does the exact same thing, folks. Peter mm-hmm. does the exact same thing. He references Hosea's writings uh, in in. Uh, First uh, Peter chapter two verses nine and ten, right. and remember, uh, verse verse nine has the uh, in your King James it says a, a chosen generation. In numerous other translations, it has the translation elect race or chosen race, and that uh, word there as that uh, they translate as race there, it comes uh, is used as a Greek word that also relates to our word genetics, where we get our word genetics right. from. Yes. And so yeah. we're talking about when, when we talk about race and genetics and you say, oh, or get a get an affront against me or get a, against us for mentioning things like this. Just understand it's right in the scripture. So what's wrong with you that you're right. not catching up with these words when we're sitting yeah. here presenting them week after week after week? We're sitting here telling you about these things and you want to keep on saying, oh, no, my, my pastor says such. A, I don't care what your pastor says. He's a liar. Yeah. He's well, a priest he's... of Baal. He, he, he's a universalist. He preaches he's a, whoredom. He's wanting to damn you. That's right. He <laughs> preaches whoredom. So, right. yeah, that's why the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. Okay. Or you're going now, to receive of her plagues. Now, th- now this woman who is actually Israel, it, this is a parable, folks. But it's actually, all parables and metaphors have a literal object, right? And so right. verse 6, and she conceived again and bare a daughter. And El said unto him, Call her name Lohurama, for I will not more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Is that not what happened to the ten northern tribes? Absolutely. He took them okay. away. Uh, he allowed the Assyrians come in to capture them over several years. I think it's normally listed around 745 B.C. to about seven, uh, about 720 or 721 B.C., I think. Right. Uh, uh, and then uh, also, by the way, don't forget this. It's an important element. The Assyrian captivity also went down into the southern kingdom and took away many of the house of Judah and Benjamin. Yes. Uh, so let's not forget that because it's extremely important that there are. It's extremely important because of what happens later, uh, come the time around Messiah. Uh, 
visitation yeah. to the area. And so uh, there were, as Israel migrated across Europe and et cetera, there were house of Yehuda, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, with us, and Benjamites with us as well. Yes, right. And Levites. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I said we're not going to finish this today because this is extremely important to connect the Old Testament with the New Testament and show how you cannot change an Israelite into a Gentile by by uh, deceptive language. Okay, that doesn't work, folks, but that's what the Bible is full of. The King James Version is full of this travesty of false words, false definitions, of, and false interpretations of words. And unless we understand that this is a tactic used against us by the perfidious Jew, that's why we have all this confusion in Bible interpretation, right? Let me just quote one more verse here. But in verse 10, Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it shall come to pass, which is not true of the Jews, the Jews are always six million, that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. This is only said to Israel, not to the Jews. That's correct. And remember, right. remember, remember, folks, before this show's over here, just keep in mind, the Jews wanted to alter this text so that they could destroy you and pollute you. The church right. world that developed out of the fourth beast government, it wanted to use it so that it could spread their government and, and control you through religion. They, and it's, it's polluting the whole mindset still today. It is a false religious system. Come out of it, folks. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, we have to finish the show. That, we'll, we'll revisit Hosea because there's good news from Hosea in chapter 2. In fact, very good news in Hosea as well. So we want to revisit that. And then, uh, and also Galatians uh, chapter 4 has a lot to say about Hagar and the descendants of Israel there. So just to prove the point that the Old and New Testament are one book. Happened to be a 400-year period of lull, but never. But that actually was filled by the Apocrypha, right? First and Second Maccabees, First and Second Ezra, etc., etc. Okay, so there really is no hiatus between the Old and New Testament. It's just that some, somebody in the religious world, maybe a Catholic, threw out those books, right? <laughs> threw them out. Okay. But they are actually in your King James if you take a if you have an original 1611, and then okay, yeah, this is uh, Brother Rick Swamp Fox asking who today's, and he's the uh, new co-host for Voice of Christian Israel here on Eurofolk Radio. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Thank you, Brother Rick. Sorry we had a, a, dis, a disruption of the broadcast, but uh, we have, will have the sh- whole show on record in the upload. So thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Thank you, Brother Rick. Thank you, everybody. Take care, and Yahweh bless.